Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now... Two guys who are up to their ears and kneecaps. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hey, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 487. This is the Detroit Lions preseason wrap-up. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff, the Riz Rizden, also known as uh, Gowdy McShingles. How you doing, buddy? I have none of those ailments today. I'm doing good. We got a we got a Lions win to talk about. We yeah. got roster cuts to talk about. Like there's there's a lot of actual like like Lions related you know big time things that are going on that uh, we need to discuss. So that's why we're doing this on a Saturday. Woo! We, it, it's crazy taking time out of our weekends to, to be with you all to yeah. enjoy a wonderful day. Um, it's overcast as hell here in West Michigan. So what better time than to uh, to get some some Lions talk going? Oh yeah. Oh man. And and boy, after last night's game, a lot to talk about about the game. You know, you talk about everyone, everyone to a person was saying that game 3 preseason is meaningless, but boy, it was one of the most fun meaningless games that I think I've ever watched. It was a good time. It was a really good time. It was cathartic after the week before, you know, because we were all yeah. feeling a little down about Jacksonville. Like I and I know there was a lot of circumstances around that game, but the Jaguars kicked our ass. Like there's mm-hmm. no way around that. It's, it was it's, nice to go and kick somebody else's ass. And the, the the big context for me was our second team was better than their first team. It definitely it definitely played with them. That's for sure. And um, as soon as their twos went in, man, the wheels fell off. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We got that. Uh, we're yeah. gonna, we got a warm up. So we got some fun warm ups today. We'll talk about real quick while people settle in and uh, get into the show. Uh, Teddy B, he's also settling in. We'll talk about him a little. We'll do the Carolina preseason game takeaways and decision time. Getting to 53. We got all that coming up and a whole lot more. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Here we are. We're, we're not, getting... not Kool-Aid. It's, it's a kind of aid, and it's kind of blue. It's actually purple. Riz with the oh, aid. <laughs> All right, let's get into it uh, really quick. First, uh, don't forget, it's a week away. We're changing the logo on the audio podcast. Don't get lost. Don't be afraid. It'll be the same. It's just a, using the logo that we use everywhere else. Uh, it's a cosmetic off, change, Chris. Yeah, switching off that spinny one in the bottom there. Also, we're kicking off. We've kicked off the Detroit Lions podcast season for St. Jude. Go to stjude.org slash DLP and... We're going to rock and roll. We got, we're going to, we're shooting for 50 grand this year. You can help St. Jude.com, uh, St. Jude.org. My fine, my bad. St. Jude.org slash D L P. Uh, help us out. Help us get some money in there for some sick kids and their families. Lastly, we got fantasy football. This is coming. Uh, the draft is coming soon. We're getting into last chances to join fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get in there. All right. Let's get to this. Um, we went from yeah. the back to the front. That was all my announcements. Uh, let's go into a warm up. <laughs> Always front to back, ladies. All right, let's see. 
the warm-ups, let's get right into that. Get lanced. That's an interesting little conversation that we heard. Um, it's in the athletic. They talked about it. Uh, that yeah. Trey Lance, they actually kicked the tires on Trey Lance there in Allen Park. And um, he wound up in Dallas. But uh, it's let me Riz. He's such an interesting cat right now. And there's so much yes. around him. I mean, they gave up so much treasure for Lance. And then now for peanuts, he's gone. Could he be what they thought he was? I mean, does anybody really know? It's been injury and, you know, warming, getting ready. That's kind of kept him out and kind of, I don't feel like anyone really knows what they got. I think he is their version of Levi Anzarike, a guy who played very scantily in the NFL, didn't get a lot of reps in college. uh, And then you draft him. Now, obviously they draft him at a higher profile position, significantly more difficult and complex to learn. And I think they're learning that you can't really develop a quarterback who's you can't reliably get on the field. Uh, look, I liked him as a prospect. I didn't love him. I liked him. Mm-hmm. He, he hasn't. And I, I've talked to a couple of 49ers people. They're just like, it just hasn't been there. Like the things that he struggled with in, tw- in 2021, he's still struggling with them. Like he hasn't progressed. And now, now maybe that's a coaching thing. Maybe that's a, you know, a, a fact that he's, he knows he's buried on the depth chart behind, you know, a guy who's, who's coming off Tommy John surgery was <laughs> just irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, maybe his ego just wasn't meant to be that, but I don't think the 49ers treated him very well. I also don't think that he gave them a lot of reason to. And uh, God bless him. I, I hope it works out for Dallas. Um, as far as the Lions angle goes, you remember back in that draft, 2021? Yeah. A lot of us were thinking that Lance might be Brad's guy at quarterback. Yeah. Didn't, didn't turn yeah. out that it didn't, didn't, turned out we didn't even get to find out because the 49ers traded up and took him ahead of time. There were a lot of us, a lot of us in both the Lions media and the draft media who thought that the Lions were very interested in Trey Lance at that time. Yep. And didn't work out that way. He 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 looked he he looked like a good prospect. He had all the things you'd want to see. Um, interesting. I think again, the fact that they're letting go tells you that the 49ers either have everything they want, which I don't think anybody is there um, at at quarterback, um, or they they don't trust in him. Dallas um, didn't give away a lot. There's a lot of swirl around Dak. A lot of just weirdness down there in Dallas, and this doesn't help that. This doesn't help that at all, does it? Dak's. <laughs> Yeah, Dak's got some contractual things going on, and and he's never been comfortable. Um, I used to say all the time that no fan base hated a great player on its own team more than the Lions fans hated Matthew Stafford. I've been corrected by that. Cowboys fans hate Dak Prescott more than the Lions fans ever hated Matthew Stafford. This was back when it was still Frass Stafford, and he was hurt all the time, and everybody was wanting him to go away, um, like 2012, 2013. Um, That that Stafford thankfully did go away and got better. Yes, he did. Great. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I'm just I'm looking at what they gave up to, to in the trade. So they gave up a first round pick, which became Micah Parsons um, after it was traded. Another first round pick, which got traded, which became Cole Strange, uh, Channing Tindall, who's a linebacker, and another and a 2023 first round pick, um, which unfortunately didn't get specified here, but that's that's what it is. But that they gave all that up for a guy that played what five games. Eight games. Eight games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's insane. Um, 
Started four games, uh, played in eight, completed 54.9% of his passes, threw five touchdowns, three interceptions. Did have some success running the football, but he's going to be Dak's backup now. Good for him. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good spot for him to be and to mentor. And uh, the Lions clearly weren't interested because it just took a fourth-round pick to get him. They have ample picks. If they wanted to get him, they could have gotten him. Yeah. You know, no, no harm in picking up the phone. Brad Holmes calling John Lynch. Hey, what do you want? What, what, what's, what's up with Lance? It would be. It would be. It would. It would be misconduct, malfeasance, and uh, malfeasance. What's malpractice? Had malpractice. He, had, had he not even. Had he not. I don't know about malfeasance, but it sounded good. Uh, but if he had, had he not cut, kicked the tires on that. So uh, good move, yeah, and uh, cool. I'm glad we didn't go too crazy. I, especially after last night, we'll we'll talk about him in a minute. But I feel pretty good about Teddy yeah. as a backup right now. I thought he would work out in that capacity. He sure seems to be. All right, next little warm up topic we want to hit quickly here is the timeline change. I want to know if you folks felt this last night, and you had to watch to the end. I know some people were like, um, like oh, I've got some other things to do. I'm not going to watch to the end. It's preseason game three. The, yeah. the, 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 the quote unquote catch <laughs> and then fumble out of bounds in the end zone yeah. turnover yeah. to the Lions. Now, I'm going to I'm just going to say this is something that 100 percent in the last 50 years would have happened to the Lions, a meaningless game that you're losing at the end where you really don't have anything to come back from. And you choke just the insult to injury, crazy kind of call that it looked like at first, Hey, he had a touchdown. Then I was like, well, maybe he was out of bounds. And then it's like, Oh, he didn't have possession. Oh, he did have possession and then fumbled it. And then we get the ball back. They took away everything. You talk about a swing of emotion, that timeline shift of that happening to (laughs) Carolina and not happening to the lions. Again, bring back your 1991 glory with your NFC central (laughs) champs shirts and, 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 and the love that comes with that. But man, I am telling you this if there's any sign that the tides are changing, you have to jump on this. You have to jump on this. This didn't happen to us. It happened to somebody else in a game against us. This is great. It, it's crazy that a dumb rule actually benefited the Lions for once, like you're saying. <laughs> and I, I will give the officials on the field. They got it right. Like that, They made the right call. It's a terrible rule. They, they oh, yeah. officiated it properly. Uh, and uh, I, one of the rewarding things for me, wa- actually watching that last night and being on on whatever the hell Twitter is now, um, was that the people recognized that. Like, yeah, okay, we, we all we have come so far collectively with bad rules and bad officiating that we understand the difference between the two. Like, that was a well officiated bad rule, not a poorly officiated good rule. <laughs> like. like Oh my God! And uh, I- I'm happy that my guy Trevor Domaski got a-, a forced fumble out of it, uh, even though he got beat badly in coverage. You want to make him play against him on the stat sheet uh, even more. So uh, that was good, good for him. But yeah, that was that was a very strange way to end that football game. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it I'm glad it played out that way. It, it makes, like you said, Chris, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope. Like may- maybe this tide really is turning. The timeline has changed. Everything's coming up Millhouse you know, from the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I got a great question here from Dong K Kong. How do we get that 91 Central Champs shirt? This beautiful, wonderful, amazing retro throwback championship. Bring the championship feel back to Detroit. Get get that pride on and get that 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 swag in your step that yeah, we were the champs back in 91, but we did it. We we were there again. We got that kind of feel. Uh 
go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store and uh, you'll have that one available. There's a couple other ones there as well. Men's and women's tees. Uh, if you go to women's tees, you'll find a beautiful, uh, it's not a unisex, it's a women's tee. Um, the women's tee runs uh, what is it? What is the word? Slender, I think um, it's slim fit. I think that's what it's called. Either way, uh, men, women's tees. They're out there. Um, check my timeline on uh, on the X thing. You can see my, my gorgeous wife was uh, alive and well in one of those. Yeah. Yeah. She wore hers at the uh, training camp. Um, great. Great T-shirts, though. All right. Let's do this. Uh, big gout shout out from Ben Diesel. Hey, Ben, thanks for the gout shout. Uh, <laughs> let's get to it. Teddy B. Really want to talk a little bit about uh, Teddy Bridgewater because there's something we saw and we said about him in uh, the idea that his timing was off last week in the Jags game. There's there's a real shift in Lions fans and and uh, yeah, I'm so nervous about the first game of the season after watching this in the preseason how the how they went from the Giants super high down to this cave of depth of hell in the in the loss to the Jags and then now it's yeah. like. Whoa! Yeah. Again, um, it, it, we've we, we level it out like never too high, never too low to quote Caldwell, uh, find, you know, trim the tops, trim the bottoms. You know, what is it? RMS, do your RMS on this and uh, yeah. enroll with it. You got to go. Um, but this was a good win. This is a good time. Uh, Teddy B gets another week in. He hits his receivers. We'll talk about some of the other stuff, but I really appreciated the difference in what we saw from Teddy Bridgewater from the Jags game to this game. And he was playing, were they playing their ones on defense too, or was it just the offense? Some, Some, okay. Uh, They're most, they were like, I think I talked to Mike K who covers the, the uh, Panthers for the Charlotte observer. And I think he told me that eight starters played at least 10 snaps on defense. Um, And this was, this was after the game last night. So, uh, and Mike, my, I love Mike. Um, by the way, if you're if you're ever interested in the Panthers, please check out Mike K's work. He's a phenomenal dude. Uh, so they they were they're they were field testing to see what they've got basically. Um, and and they're they're at a different stage. We can talk a little bit about the the Lions' decision not to play starters, uh, but they're in a very different place. They're trying to get their team together and build chemistry together yeah. under a new regime. And you know you've got. You got a lot of, of different things going on there. They're in a different spot. And so I understood why they did it. And uh, I'm glad they did it because the Lions went out and showed no quarter, man. They, they went out there. Just to, to your point about Teddy looking better than he did against Jacksonville, that was a practice. Was it Tuesday and Wednesday? Tuesday and yeah, Wednesday this week. Message me. <laughs> he wasn't good then either. Like he was missing, he was missing timing routes. He was um not getting the ball out on time consistently. And you, I think you, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing where you get reps to, that, that help you out is because Ben Johnson's offense requires very strict timing because you've got to hit those receivers. The throw that he hit to Antoine Green for the long touchdown, that's a throw that can only take place in that very fraction of a second, and he was dead on it. And he wasn't hitting that even in practice in the last practice. Yep. So that tells me that Teddy is either a gamer or is picking things up really quick. Either one of them is I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we will talk uh, about the players in the cut to 53. Doug, don't worry about that. Um, what's the word with Sudfeld? Um, we'll get on that. We'll talk he about Sudfeld a, here he shortly. A, it's a gout yeah. flare up. It's a gout. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um Teddy throwing the dagger was encouraging to a rookie wide receiver, no less. Yeah, um, let's let's go. Uh, just really quick, we'll finish up on Teddy uh, Bridgewater. 
I, I thought he was going to be a really good ad. Um, There's a lot of people saying he sucked in Miami. He's he's burnt. He's done. He did suck um, in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the follow up to that, he's burnt. He's done. He doesn't have anything. Um, As we see as he's growing here and getting some reps, I think he's going to be probably one of the better backups we've had for a very, very, very long time. And I feel really good about that. I just feel good about having a solid backup that I hope never sees the field. But it makes me feel good. And what makes me feel good, Chris, is that he can be an asset to the team even if he never sees the field. And that's not something that David Blau or Tim Boyle or any number of cast of characters who came before them were. You see, and Dan Campbell talked about this, Ben Johnson talked about this, actually Teddy's teammates have talked about this. He's there to help develop the young wide receivers, to be a sounding board for golf, to help bring along guys in practice. He's going to help Jamison Williams become the best JMO that he can be. That's that's why Teddy's here much more than whatever he can do on the football field as a fill-in for Jared Goff. The, the plain thing is, if Jared Goff goes down for four games, the backup doesn't really matter four or more games. Like the backup doesn't matter a whole lot. Like this is this is an offense that's designed for Jared Goff. When you plug somebody else into it and you try to run that offense. It's not going to be the same. Teddy Bridgewater is a different style of quarterback than what Jared Goff is. So from that standpoint, you know, you know, really do hope that he never sees the field. But, man, the fact that he can do so much for the organization besides playing, I think that's that's invaluable. And I think that, that Dan Campbell did a very good job of stressing that. And I hope that that permeates down to people um, and fans as well. They're like, okay. You know, he was brought in for more than just his football, and that's already paying dividends. And that's, again, that's, you can do that when you're a better team. Yep. Excuse me, when you have a, when you have an established starter that's not worried about his job security um, and and has trust from his offensive coordinator. Um, That's, that's, that's a fun place to be. I'm glad we're there. Um, Sussfeld, I don't know if that's a typo or not. Sussfeld faked the injury for the settlement. I, I, I briefly thought that about a couple players. I, I, I don't want to. You, you can't help to let it, let it, let it creep into your mind. Though, I would, I would, I would that, that one because because it happened on the Panthers sidelines and the Panthers trainers like sprinted out to him and took mm-hmm. care of him for a while before the Lions guys got there. There, there was clearly something up there. We got to get some better forty uh, speeds on our our medical staff. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, uh, the the initial report, by the way, was a hyperextended knee with a potential bone bruise. Uh, that is, if it doesn't have the bone bruise, it's a three to four week injury. If it has the bone bruise, it's like four to eight, depending on how quickly he rehabs. And, and it's not; it doesn't require surgery. It just requires rest, time, um, the whole rice thing, if you know the acronym. Yep. yep. So uh, he's going to be out. No matter where he is, he will be out probably through September. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, let's. And we don't uh, know where he's going to be, but probably won't be Detroit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truth. Although uh, Martinez did not light things up last night. Um, I, I, I felt like so many sprint out rollouts out of bounds. I felt like that was the play, right? I mean, that was the play over. I was sprint out left. He, was, <laughs> you know, right. he had the reputation in college of being a gamer, yeah. and we were kind of hoping that because. That's what that's what we've seen in practice all summer. He's not good. No, he's he just doesn't. not. He nope. is. Um, who was the guy that they had a couple of years ago uh, with the Uf, USFL? He was from um, um, Jordan Taamu from mm-hmm. Ole Miss. Like he's the new version of that. Um, yeah. Except he's right-handed. I think Jordan was left-handed. It's just, it's just not there. 
Um, I I don't have a problem if they don't put him on the practice squad. Yeah, I, I'm no, with you. Nothing, nothing personal against Adrian Martinez, but well, we here's the part. Haven't seen it at all this summer. We're at the part now where the next quotes you'll see on Twitter are going to be. Hey, these are people whose dreams are being shattered. What they've worked for for their whole lives is being taken away. And, you know, these are people that shit on players about 51 weeks a year. And then they're going to tell us don't shit on these guys that are losing their dream. But uh, just it is it is generally it is it is absolutely true. You know, in just talking to some of these guys and, you know, Jerry's been a great story and talking to him a lot and and um, just exchanging, you know, him with him through the journey that he's taken is really it's it's you get to you get to get to the heart of it and the heart that these guys have and it's it's something um you do it's it's true their their dream is their dream they spent their whole life working toward towards it and I I know there's, I've seen a lot of jokes about insurance sales and all that kind of stuff but these guys even if it's the preseason they played in NFL games and there are not many people in the world that can say that so there there is a they level do. of freaking talent man and you know, right. we talked about that. I, I was I was in on the huge show the last couple of days. So thanks to everyone in Michigan who listened to that. Um, me and Eric Zane. That was uh, was an interesting time. Um, happy <laughs> that I got to get in there. But we talked about that, and we actually we interviewed Lomas yesterday um, in the four o'clock hour. And Lomas kind of responded like, you know, I never really had to worry about that as a first round pick. Um, I worried that I wasn't good enough. Like not that I was going to get cut, but that I was going to embarrass myself. Yeah, uh, but he's like, yeah, it's 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 very difficult to be in that locker room after that game because there are guys that they know, like they know. Um, again, I'm not somebody who typically likes to to go into the locker room after games to begin with. You couldn't have paid me enough money to go in after last night and and see guys that are going to sit there with their helmet in their hands and a blank stare, just knowing that it's over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that's that, that's an awful situation, and you know I, I I I try to extend the privacy and courtesy to that, um, and you know it's 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 a complex thing because you're trying to build the best team that you can, and there are clearly some guys who do not belong with that team, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you also like yeah man it is it is somebody's dream dying man. And, and I, this I, is, I hope I never lose sight of that. I hope fans don't ever lose sight of that. If I lose sight of that, then I'm not, then I've become what I don't want to be. And, uh, you know, we, we have to criticize people. That's, that's part of our job. By the way, players get that. Coaches absolutely get that. They understand that part of their job and their role and their vocation as a professional football player or professional football coach is to take criticism and the, to handle it and process it. And it's not easy for some. Uh, doesn't make it easy, buddy. It doesn't make it easy. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And so, uh, in general, I've I've only ever really had one negative reaction from a player who like, uh, and it wasn't a lion um, who got cut, and I had said that he deserved to get cut. He's like, "Man, why are you doing that?" I'm like, "It's my job, dude. You know, I, I don't take it personal. It's not." Yeah. And he kind he kind of was like, "You know, I get that. I get that. But you know, can you can you ease up a little bit?" So I, yeah. Yeah, it's yep. it's hard, and it's good to have that you know to, to memory, um, especially as we're about to start talking about people um, who do not belong in the Detroit Lions fifty three man roster. We're going to talk about guys in a native light. That's yep. There's what a we lot have to like, do. Um, like Will Harris and, and Kabinda and, and Harris are two absolute lightning rods right now for people, and we'll we'll talk about them. We'll talk about both of them, yeah, and um, we will. 
it's you know the the it's 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 almost kind of stuff a legend the 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 risden and harris thinking but just 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 understand and and riz has said it all along he really likes the guy the guy is super cool super nice i mean just really absolutely a wonderful person um but the thing is he's someone who gets it he understands that we have to say bad things about him um and it's not personal he he totally gets that I, I had conversations last year with Tim Boyle after he was gone. And anybody who watches podcasts knows that I ripped the hell out of that dude all the time. Yep. He got it. He wasn't upset at me. Uh, he, he, he understands that that's part of his job is handling those things. And some players do it better than others. I, I commend him for the way he handled it. Uh, because it would have been very easy for him to to say very negative things about me. And I probably would have deserved it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he was classier than that, thankfully. All right, um, let's get into it. Let's uh, blast ourselves into the Carolina preseason game takeaways. A lot went on. Um, like I said about the timeline shift earlier, uh, that was that was fantastic. I just I, I felt it. I felt it in my soul when, when they worked their way through there. So first off, the thing we got to talk about is the defense. The Lions number two is playing against the Carolina number one defense. I'm going to make a comparison. I don't want to see, I don't want people triggered. So trigger warning here, PTSD warning. It felt a little bit like the Carolina game last year, but to me, that's really, really encouraging (laughs) because it was our number twos against their number ones. They weren't running all over us, but well, okay. Here's something that's happened a lot this, this preseason and nobody has talked about it that I've heard. We've held so many teams, especially in the red zone, to field goals. And we did it to them on the first that for their first drive. They were driving, 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 and then we just cinched up the girdle and we stopped them. Boom. I don't know where that came from. Uh, and and like stopped it. them it's dead. Appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> stopped them dead. They kicked the field goal. Boom. We've done that to every team that we've played in this preseason. And I really, really am, am encouraged by that. It's like, okay, if we get beat, look. If you think about any of the games in the first part of last season, they were just shootouts. They're absolute shootouts. We'd lose games that we scored 35 points, Eagles game, for example, um, because we couldn't stop. If we could, and, and, and all the, oh, we didn't make them punt at all in the game. If we make them kick field goals, those are all games we win. And you know what? That's a significant improvement. And that's an improvement from 32 to 20 as far as your defensive ranking in this in, in, in the league, maybe even 15, right? I mean, you're talking about a, an improvement enough that this team could win with that. Love what I saw and how that defense held every team we played to so many field goals along the way. They've been doing they do that in the joint practices with the Giants. They did in the joint practices with the Jaguars. By the way, they've done that to the Lions offense consistently in practice. Also, the defense has outshone, outshined, outshone, I'll shine. That's a Soundgarden song. I'll shine. Um, the uh, yeah, that's a great song too. It's a love. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> the 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 defense is out. Whatever shine shown outshine. the offense in the red zone seven on seven drills consistently this summer. Um, the Lions' own defense has done that to the Lions' own offense. I think we feel pretty good about the Lions' own offense when all the the starters are in there. Yeah. Uh, the the secondary and the the I'll give I'll give the linebacking coverage credit. You've seen it from Derek Barnes, you've seen it from Anzalone, and you've seen it um, especially from Jack Campbell. They 
they cut down throwing angles to the middle of the field so much that it makes it that much easier for the outside guys to play it so everybody funnels in and makes it a tougher, gets more crowded, more traffic. Um, it, it, it works. Um, it, it, it's very different because normally the, uh, when you're in a red zone defense, let's say it's you know, third and goal from the five, and they're in a shotgun four wide. Like normally you want your guys to, you want them to push out and then have, have somebody run with the crossers. The Lions sort of funnel everybody in and just gum it up. Yep. And it's working. Yeah. And it's working very well. And that's a tactical change from Aaron Glenn, who has learned from his errant ways. And he probably deserves some credit for that. And he's probably adjusted to the different talent he has as well in, in his approach. I think it's a Certainly. combination, right? And uh, definitely. he's definitely got some significant talent out there. So defense as a whole, shout out to them. Um, uh, also, uh, I would just see him really quick. Uh, Tom Kennedy pass waivers is now in the Lions injured reserve. That's good to know. Um, just just that defense looked good. He's been there. He's, he's, uh, he's not going to be ready anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> he has a broken, um, not the front of the shoulder, what's the back of the shoulder? Scapula. Scapula, yeah. He's, he's, he's not playing anytime soon. Yep. Like, no. <laughs> I want to I I talk about, we've, we talked about, the impact or the the importance of trajectory, right? Uh, especially uh, the the improvement you see from somebody over throughout the preseason training camp and that. And Levi Anzarike is one guy we've had our eyes on uh, in that regard. And I have to say, last night Levi <laughs> he looked really he like looked he took good. the next step. He took the next step. The trajectory that he's got right now is the right one. I'm starting to get starting to get a little bit of that tingle, that little happy tingle about Levi, like. We didn't think he was going to be able to come back. I mean, fusion, like uh, the spine, it's just like, uh-uh, right? But there he was, sack last night. Levi, Anzarike, great, great move. Loving, loving, loving this guy's trajectory. And I, like I said, he's a guy I think that's going to gonna help this team out this year. It really looks like he's he's done what it takes and what he needs he, to. He played his way onto the 53, not just last night, but um, over the course of the last couple of weeks, especially because – Early in camp, he wasn't wasn't getting the wins. He's getting those now, and you see it, and you see his his athletic potential. You saw it last night. Um, yep. Now the thing is, is that a lot of other guys also had really good nights last night. We got to talk about Corey Turton. My God, that bull rush was unfreaking believable. But yeah, you're seeing Levi learn how to turn his potential into actual football things, and that's that's kind of been the knock on him. Like even when he was on the field, when he was healthy as a rookie he wasn't that good at football like he was just kind of an athlete out there sort of winging it and you're seeing the developmental curve he's going to be a lee mcneil's backup i would i would put good money on that and that's that's a lot higher than i ever thought he was going to get to and you know i said on twitter last night sometimes it's really nice to be wrong and to to have a player turn that script on you uh that's it's cool to see man Uh, because he's He's balling. Yeah. It's fun to he's fun to watch too because he's not he's so incredibly top heavy as an interior defensive lineman, but he makes it work for him. Yeah. And it's yeah. it, it's cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I just I, I I love to see a man prove everybody wrong. 
And, and not just, you know, the people that were naysaying, I mean, because let's, let's face it, the naysayers were probably the most grounded in reality because you just don't see a player come back from that. I can't think of another one off the top of my head. There's probably one or two, but there's a lot, much, much longer list of players who haven't come back from a fusion of the spine. So Man, Levi, good on you, my man. That is because it, it there's you, you want to talk about grit, what it takes to come back from yes. that and the rehab and then to start out not playing football for three years. And now you're playing football against people that play it every day for three years. It's and, and still not to give up, to keep the grind, to keep putting in the work, to keep putting in the time. Just just good on him, man. Really, really good on Levi. I'm I'm really happy for him. And I, I, I hope he continues to grow. And in, in a year that he can do the, the thigh slap and say, I told you, because <laughs> you know what? It'll be like, yep, I, 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 you, I deserve it. We deserve it. You're right. Yeah. Great, great work, Levi. The other thing, the other thing that goes along with that is that to show where the team is at. Like they were in a position where they have enough depth and enough around him to let him try to do it. And they don't have to like force the decision on it. Like they have time, they can wait and, and see what, what he develops into before they either commit to longer, his contract's up after next year, mm-hmm. or they'll see what they've got. And and that's 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 a nice place to be. They, you know, they didn't have to they don't have to make that all, you know, all or nothing judgment on him. And that's that's a sign of where this team is because in the past we, we saw it with um, uh, the guy from Jacksonville, Ledbetter. Yeah, that that team didn't that, that Lions era didn't have the structural depth or developmental bent to their coaching staff to work with a guy who just he needed to stay healthy and he needed to work, and that regime didn't really have any use for either of those things or <laughs> understand how to foster that. <laughs> Um, and I'm not saying like he, he's going to be, he is going to be number 53 on the Jaguars roster. Uh, I do think he's going to make it based on the one Jacksonville media person that still uh, thinks I exist, um, which is cool. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for him, but like that, that shows where this team has come from and where they're going and why we keep harping as, as a collective podcast here on how important it is that we have the culture and the structure that we do. And that they're they're going about things, doing it the right way by people. And you don't go wrong in life very often if you're doing right by people around you. Yep, that is correct. I want to talk about someone else who's doing right, who who I felt like just had to be absolutely exhausted at the end of the game, and that's James Houston. My guy, what did he play every freaking defensive snap? Because I saw it out there a lot. Yeah, so let me look that up. They just they just put the game book out. Let me let me. Right. Snap yeah, that. he was out there all night long and disruptive as hell. I mean, I look. He, he had he had some great reps. He had some bad reps, and he had all kinds of reps where he was disruptive and quietly making making uh, making a mess in the backfield. <laughs> yep, I loved loved what I saw. I mean, overall, I look at Houston. You know his performance last night, and I say my guy's stock went up. If not for anything else but durability, but he pl- he played very very well and 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 made some some significant uh, options. Uh, I if I remember right, the Anzarike slats. I could be wrong here, folks. I could be misremembering, but I think he helped enable that to, uh, to happen. There was at least two other sacks yes, in the game. Yes, that he, he did. He 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 cornered, uh, and I had this conversation with Russ Brown, um, who you'll be seeing more of on these channels. 
uh, on Twitter last night or X, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm sorry, Elon. I can't. Yeah, so. and I'm probably not going to stop. Old, I can't change these <laughs> things. Um, but how fast he snapped the corner and flattened to the quarterback. Like, if, if, if Levi wasn't there, James was bringing him down. Like, that was pretty dang sweet. Yeah. Yep. Let me find where he's at. Uh, let's see. Yep. Yeah. No problem. Uh, Gilmore made some defensive plays look easy. Yeah. Gilmore out there was snaps last night. (sighs) Right. My God. My God. He was a wrecking ball. I loved it. Yeah. Um, with four tackles, um, two quarterback hits, um, two sacks, one hurry and, uh, forced a throwaway pass and also missed two tackles. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah. the James Houston experience in a nutshell right there. Yeah, there you go. That's a good game for him. Yeah. Let's uh so James Houston, love you, brother. You did a great job. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about some uh some some kickers. Ain't no bolt <laughs> there. Wow, man. So is Robbie Gold still unsigned? Is he still available? <laughs> Give him all the money, man. That's all I can say. It's uh, Riley Patterson, brother. I don't know. I mean, you've, you've, you've shown some, some amazing abilities, but boy, you've also had some real big chonkers there. And last night, like it would, it would have tied as long. We know he's not a long kicker. <sighs> Missing an extra point after that is like, while not crucial in that game is just a, oof, man, I, I like where my head's at yeah. is, and we haven't seen enough of them. And I know you're, you, you may disagree on this one it is either Romo or go convince Robbie Gould with whatever it takes to convince him to come show up and start kicking the ball in Detroit because Patterson just ain't it. It's, he just ain't it, and and we're going to wind up in a really – I mean, do you remember the Nate Freeze era? My God, I, I can't go through that again. I can't have that in our kicking game, especially just with what FIP has done, and we can get to the special teams again. Again, they did it. But uh, I just yeah, – yeah, um, I, I just can't. I can't look at that that kicking situation with Patterson as our as our I'll go just, ahead this year. That the, the, one of the interesting things to me that happened in that game last night was that they had a chance to kick a sixty-one yard field goal, which is within John Parker Romo's range, and they elected to punt instead. Yep. That told me right there that Riley Patterson is the kicker, and that Dan is sticking by what he told us in Indianapolis, in that if we're kicking a bunch of 50 to 55 yard field goals, our offense isn't doing a good enough job. And that's on me. He does not want those kick. He's going to go for it. Like we've had this conversation before. We like Dan Campbell because he's aggressive on fourth downs. Now there will come a time and place, maybe where we have to kick a 53 yard field goal to win a game or tie a game and send it to overtime. Riley Patterson can't do that. Like you saw it last night. He tapped out every ounce of leg strength and it hit the upright. We've seen that consistently all summer. He is not – his kickoffs, he's barely getting to the goal line. And that's like, again, every ounce of fiber of his being going into the kick. Um, now, some of that is the fact that he tends to kick it a little higher. And I do think that there's um, – a technical tweak they could do to maybe add two or three more yards on by, by getting him to, to change exactly where his front foot steps. I believe I actually know these kicking mechanics that I put to a class. <laughs> um, he could maybe get to where he's kicking it off and, and getting touchbacks. But as far as the field goals go, like 
what you saw last night is what you got. Yeah. And that's, that's not Matt Prater. It's not Jason Hansen. It's it, now, like I said, though, so it's not an organization that's going to be going out there. If it's fourth and four from the opposing 38, yeah. they're, they're going for it. Yeah. That's exactly it. it. That's why Patterson <laughs> is the wrong kicker. Like, even if he was money from 40 and less, it's like, that's not when we're kicking the can't, ball, right? That's that's like a mismatch for what you need. Points, yeah, man. yeah. You yeah. cannot miss extra points, mm. and that, that that wasn't close. Like, it, it was one of those. If you if you go back and watch the tape, I, I'm, I'm like a third of the way through the the film study. Scott Daly, the, the long snapper, knew it as soon as he heard it that it wasn't going in. Like you can see his head snap a little bit. Like. Yeah. Oh, that that wasn't good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's rough, man. Well, so we'll see We're what happens. We're spoiled with kickers here. We have been. It's you know what? I feel like I'll give up on the kicker spoiling if we can get spoiled like the Packers were on uh, on quarterbacks. <laughs> um, let me. I, yeah, Wells Wells Walker brings yeah, up a great yeah. point, and this is something I, I saw last night. I want to talk about? Found it a bit disappointing that we still haven't figured out how to defend mobile quarterbacks. But nice to see the defense stepping up in the red zone and forcing field goals. But yeah, even Coral uh, ran on us. Uh, I'll just he want did. to say, here's here's I don't I don't disagree with that at all, Wells. I don't I don't disagree I with that take at all. Here's the one thing though that is the the it's still unknown, and here's why I say it's unknown whether we've kind of figured out the mobile qu- quarterback thing. Our first game is against one of the most talented mobile quarterbacks in the league. I don't think we wanted to give even one inkling away of what we would do in that Kansas City game. So either what we saw is is the truth and we still haven't figured it out, which is entirely possible, number one, or number two, we're keeping it in the bag until the games matter. And I'm right now going to choose to believe and hope <laughs> that we're keeping it in the bag till the, 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 uh, till the games matter. It, again, it was a second D, but once Coral came out and did that, it was like, Oh God, we, we haven't stopped this. We haven't figured this out, but I'm just hoping. And, and that's where I'm going to kind of rest it. We'll know after week one, after game one, look at who our linebackers were that were in the game last night. At that, at that point it was Trevor Nowoski and Anthony Pittman. Those are not guys who are going to be ever on the field in that situation against a Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, um, Russell Wilson, whoever it might be. That That's not who they are. Um, Derek Barnes, one of the things that – and one of the things that actually impressed Jacksonville people when they came was how well Derek Barnes contained Trevor Lawrence, who can run. Uh, he he got him. They they didn't let him hit him, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there were a couple him, of I, times where Tre- I wish we could have hit some Trevor Carolina was going to go. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Bro. Sorry. Um, so I I think that I think you're seeing the relative difference of skill there between the third team Lions linebackers and even honestly even Rodrigo and and Campbell. Uh, for, for all the things that Jack Campbell's good at, that's not one of the things that he's good at is stopping mobile court. Like, hasn't, haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's exceptional in coverage. I, I would say almost without hesitation that he's the Lions best coverage linebacker uh, right now. And, and, and he's, he's certainly a great tackler, but there, there are some things to work on. One of the things I think is, is him. If you go back into the draft process, you saw him get caught flat footed by, um, Blake Corum in the Michigan game. And that 
we've seen that in practices too. Uh, he will get caught flat-footed at times. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the relative speed of the linebacking core is better. And I think having active slots like CJ, GJ, and Brian Branch is going to play a very big deal on that. Uh, if you're going to be comfortable surrendering a dump-off pass um, behind them to a tight end or a running back leaking out, you know, like a, a four-yard pass, and then somebody swarms and tackles him, rather than turning and running with that receiver and letting the quarterback get 15, that's the choice they're going to make. And I think from what we've seen in practice, I think we're going to like the choice that they make there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin Newsom in the comments. They got to get him on the ground, though. Took a break from football content in the offseason, but I got my pants off now, so I'm ready to get the season going at DLP. That's right, buddy. Cheers. Ours, ours haven't been on. It's been a, I mean, we've gotten burned in all the, the soft places, but it's okay. Um, it's been a good summer, but welcome back. Welcome back, Kevin. Thanks for joining us again and, uh, and coming back yes, for all the football fun. All right. Any other pregame takeaways, Riz? Um, Jared Goff, is he even on this team? Not a single completion. <laughs> Hutchinson, didn't even hear his name called. That was a, I don't know, man. Bust, bust, bust. This team's a wreck. <laughs> oh, the AI bust. You got to watch these things. Don't talk about bad about the AI. It's going to cut you off, bro. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Let's have a little conversation here. And uh, there's some speculation. But it's a conversation. It's ver- verbal other Bayesian. Um, it's decision time. And this team has to get to 53. Dan Campbell in his post game last night said, what was it? Did he say 99% or was it 95%? It was high 90s percent. Yes. They knew what they were doing, uh, what the roster was going to look like. And then they had some hard decisions. I'm pretty impressed if that's really the case. If they're 99% set on what the roster is, that means they're only swinging on two guys or waffling on, on two positions, sure. right? That, sure. and actually it's one, um, that's pretty crazy that they're that confident of 52 positions on the roster. I think he would probably exaggerate a little bit. I, I, I have to imagine that there's probably five to seven spots that they're kind of juggling a little bit and uh, making some decisions on, particularly with the JMO suspension, right? Because it, it actually gives yeah. them a little bit of flexibility as to uh, what they're going to do at other positions as well. And I think the, the stress point there is how many wide receivers do you keep knowing that one of them is going away the day after? Uh, because JMO obviously will be on the 53-man roster and then he will go away. Are you worried that one of the players that you might cut might wind up somewhere else. And I think that's that's one of this this easier for me to say. One of the decision points that they have to make is do we keep seven receivers or six? I think that decision actually got made a little bit easier when Nate Sudfeld got hurt because I think that takes him out of the equation for being on the 53 man roster. I there is a there is a pathway where he can do that, um, where he will be He'll make the 53. Then they'll put him on IR so they can bring him back later in the year. I I just don't think they're going to do that. I don't know that, but I don't think they're going to do that. So that's an extra roster spot. Uh, I think it's pretty clear by the way that they have handled the running backs that they're only keeping three, and that opens up a spot. 
Uh, and Craig Reynolds, by the way, absolutely ran away with the, the number three spot. Not not that he yeah. didn't have it already. Yeah, he was great last night. Oh, got great decision making. One play, one play. He ran to the back of his blocker. Uh, it was a goal line play, and I was I was, I was a little disappointing. But other than that, he he made some really yeah, great decisions, great vision out there. That, I really liked what I said. That's a terrible play call, by the way. You do not have a running back like Craig Reynolds, who's not a quick guy. You don't give him a, a static handoff out of the shotgun with two yards, like. Mm-hmm. That's that's an asinine play call. Get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work, especially when you, especially when your right guard can't block anybody. And at that point in the game, they weren't. Uh, there was there was three defenders there waiting for him. So yeah, that that I'm not I'm not blaming Craig for that. I'm blaming Ben Johnson for that one. Ben Ben's not above criticism. Johnson power. Johnson power. Uh- <laughs> he'll, he'll learn. But yeah, so so I think there's there's an extra roster spot that maybe you were not budgeting to wide receiver that you can now move over there. And maybe you can keep Dylan Drummond and Maurice Alexander or Antoine Green or Chase Cota or whoever you want to keep um, that wasn't going to have a spot. Now it's more feasible for them to have a spot. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. When I, when I did the, uh, I did a little pregame thing about, you know, I didn't actually do like a bubble watch. I did more of like, the decisions that they have to make. And that, that was the, the, the avenue that I was going down was, do you keep a, one of the, one of them is honestly, is do you keep two undrafted rookie cornerbacks as your top reserve outside cornerbacks? Like they're certainly good enough, but is that something that you really are comfortable going into the season with? You know, like that, <laughs> that's a mental hurdle that you have to overcome, but like finding the numbers of positions that you're going to keep, are you keeping six linebackers? Are you keeping five? Are you keeping five defensive tackles? Are you only keeping four because Kaminsky and a couple other guys, Pascal, can play inside if you need them to? Like, those are the flex points. I think those are the decisions that they're making more than it's about the actual players who are going to be in those spots. I think they know – I think I think we were led to believe that they have a very good idea of their roster um, – as, as my, my good friend Eric Schlitt likes to say, the roster stack, you know, how you go from one to 90. I think they have a pretty clear picture of what that is. It's just a matter of which position groups do we stress versus take a little bit of a risk with. And I think that's the decision that Dan's talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Let's see. Sorry. I just had some, uh, some info in the uh, in the chat that I had to take care of. Okay, so let's talk about let's see, we got kickers. Right. We talked about James Houston. We talked about Levi. Um, let's kind of walk through some position groups here and talk about um, how we think um, we're going to go. And I'll just start. Um, let me just start first with quarterback. Um, right. Do you think Jared Goff makes the roster? Do you think yes. Jared got what? Oh, good, good, good take. Solid take. There. Very confident in that one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Very confident. Dare I say, ebulliently confident. Yes. Um, let's see here. Teddy Bridgewater makes the makes the makes the team. You get down to yep. who's your backup? Is it Sudfeld? Is it Martinez? What about your guy on NFI, Hendon Hooker? Of course, I think he's. He eventually gets one of those spots, right? I think we carry two quarterbacks, though. Yeah. With him on NFL. I agree. I, I think, and again, Easy. I think Sudfeld's injury made that a moot point. Like, I do think that they were having that discussion 
now you don't really need to have it because Hooker, again, Hooker looks he looks good. He look he looks like he could be ready to roll if they needed him to roll, but they don't. So they can let him stay on NFI as long as as they want, and that's that's good. Yeah. Um, by the way, he are he, he, he is on NFI. Um, yeah. It's mostly it's on PUP. So let me um, ask though, they, just... they, te- they they technically don't have to pay Hooker. They don't. If you're on the NFI, you don't have to be paid. The Lions are indeed paying. Yeah, of course, I learned that the other day. Of course, they are. But let me let me ask you though, on NFI, <laughs> how how long do you get on NFI? I, I need a reminder. I don't remember off the top of my head, and I know you're my encyclopedia. It's now four weeks. Okay, you okay. you can be activated after four weeks. You can be designated um, to start practicing, and it's not the same as being designated to return from injured reserve. Um, there's different vernacular to it but this is effectively the same thing like you can't just like come off of the nfi and instantly be in a game like you have to you have to get activated first so yeah 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 but uh i yeah I, i'm with you on that i think they're keeping two and i think hooker is the third and he'll um if they don't need him as a third they they won't stress it and this is this is an area where having tanner engstrand and jt barrett and Mark Brunel, um, <laughs> Antoine Randall L. All these old quarterbacks that are on the coaching staff can still sling it. Yeah. <laughs> if they need a practice body. Antoine Randall L has a hell of an arm squad. still. Sorry. I just, we yes, talk about does. Antoine. Yes, seeing him at training camp, yeah. he can wing a ball like, a, like crazy. But you're right. The coaching staff yeah. definitely has arms on him. Yeah, Tanner, Tanner can really whip it. Uh, he's 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 got some snap to him, and you can also have a practice squad quarterback, whether it's Adrian Martinez or somebody that gets whacked, whacked from somewhere else. Um, I honestly I don't know how they feel about Adrian Martinez. I haven't had that conversation. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if they moved on from him, though. Just from what we saw this summer, like it, it was one of those things where it was like a collective sigh all the time from the media because a lot of us were rooting for him. Like this is a guy. He gave us some tremendous college football moments, mm-hmm. and like, especially as a draft pick, I appreciated those things. Like he made himself into the best possible Adrian Martinez that he could be. I respect that, but it's probably not good enough for the NFL. And yeah. uh, if they if they keep him, that's great. I'm I'm happy for him. If not, I'm also happy that they moved on and, and found a different potential practice squad quarterback. And that's that's going to be a market that. There's going to be a lot of guys. We saw Jake Luton last night. Um, in fact, he's already been cut by the Panthers today. Um, he's not terrible. He does have – he actually started a couple of games for Jacksonville pre-Trevor Lawrence. Like, there's going to be guys out there who might have a little bit more than what Adrian Martinez offers you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me uh, – let's see. We've got a lot, a lot of stuff here really quick. Um, who said that? Sorry, uh, grit. I don't like politics in my sports. That's why I choose YouTube. Yeah, we from day one we said no politics on this. You'll never get that from us. So yeah. uh, worry not. We're yeah. not grit. I um, actually let let one inadvertently slip a couple weeks ago, and I apologize for that. And what it was not it, it involved a political figure, but it was not in the context of politics. And yeah, we'll just yeah. let that go because that, that's not what we do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, that's what I love, risk because I didn't like we self correct. I didn't even say anything. Right? I was like, I heard it the minute. I'm like. <laughs> But I'm like, he knows. He'll, he'll, it's like <laughs> I didn't realize it until later that like because it was it was 
it's it's a different i was saying it from a different context mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But i understand that in a politically charged world that we're in you got to be careful of that i wasn't i feel, I feel bad about that that's, that's if, I, if i offended anybody on that i'm sorry because it, it, it wasn't meant to be that way yeah um let's talk really quick we talked about quarterback it's the obvious position i think and before we go on to to more there was a topic that came up in the chat that i want to hit and it's 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 a really good one um the Carolina Panthers, like, we're, like, are we worried about players who don't make the 53 winding up somewhere else? And I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to say, here's the things to look for on these players and where they're going to land, because I think these guys are a strategic advantage to some people. I think Carolina absolutely could use the players, not just for the intel, but for the players themselves. And you've got Deuce there. You've got some... Um, some people with Detroit connections in Carolina, you might be able to see, uh, you might be able to see some, some good stuff there. Um, but I would also look at the three division rivals to try to pick up some players on, on an Intel basis first, even beyond capability. The problem is, and this is again, we've, we've dreamed about this time, but we are finally a team that's going to cut players that will, will play and potentially even start on some teams in the NFL. And while that's awesome, it also sucks, right? But we'll just take that and we'll, we'll love the position we're in to be able to do that. So um, Riz, who else do you think like Kansas city is a team that might just pick up an Intel guy uh, as we make the 53 cuts, or do you think that Andy Reed is just in Andy Reed's world and he doesn't care about what the lions think they're going to do? I will go back and I will, uh, paraphrasingly quote Pat Kerwin, our friend. Yes. From Sirius XM NFL radio, former jets GM. He said, if you're that worried about needing help to figure out how to do an opponent, you're not a good football team and you're specifically not a good football coach. Yep. If you don't trust yourself to scout and that you need that much help from somebody who comes in for two or three days, like you are not going to last. And uh, I'm a very big believer in that. Yeah. If, if they want to, if, if every single Lions opponent wants to pluck somebody off of a practice squad, God bless them. I don't think it's going to help them that much. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> and we went we went through this last year when David Blau uh, went to Minnesota and there was all this concentration. Oh, he's going to give more plays. Like, that doesn't mean they can stop it. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's yeah. not helping them stop it. <laughs> yep, yep. You know? Oh, oof. There you that, go. That, that's my whole attitude on that. I don't um, – quite frankly, there are some times where it's – I wouldn't mind a player being signed off of it. If it's a player that I, that I like and think can play and they're going to get a better opportunity somewhere else – Good. Good for them, man. Yeah. That's cool. That's what you're there for. Yep. yep um, I, 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 I take a very different viewpoint on that than a lot of people do. But I, I, I am firmly in Pat Kerwin's camp there. That let them let them do all that chicanery. Let that let let that let us be that much in their head that they're that worried about us instead of them worrying about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right. Let's let's walk our way through the through these. Uh, these positions, if you don't mind, we'll kick into running back here. That's a that's a that's a big right. position um, after quarterback. Uh, David Montgomery obviously makes team. Jameer Gibbs, oh boy, I, I I put him in the running back category just to categorize him. Um, 
I don't. Maybe we could have an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon kind of category because you got a little Dion Branch going on too. Uh, you could probably do something like that, but we'll just kind of go traditional. We'll go. We'll go trad. Just like uh, what was Ronan? What was Ronan earlier? It said that we'll yeah. go trad. Oh my God, millennials. <laughs> that Millard Fillmore was a hell of a guy, right? We'll go back to the Fillmore days. Um, Montgomery Gibbs, of course, um, Reynolds. I think you're right. Here's one. And this is one of those lightning rods where is, and you know what? I'm going to, I might, maybe I have a, maybe I have a controversial take. I don't think Kabinda makes the team. I don't. And I, and, and I don't think, really? that yep. I don't think they, they need okay. him. Um, I think that they, from a developmental perspective, they probably feel they have more use and ceiling from a backup like Jamar Jefferson. Um, I think that at tight end, some of those guys, you could have them play that fullbacky kind of role. I just think that his usage—he's dropped so many balls. It's—he's like the Corey Fuller of fullbacks, right? He oh does some God. things really well, but the things you can't ever use him, right? He winds up being a decoy or a blocker, and and it's just not enough bang for the buck, not enough juice for the squeeze. It's just I don't think, and I, I like the guy. I think he's funny. I love his intensity. I love his work ethic. All of that. I just don't think that strategically he makes the roster. And I'm I'm sure you probably differ on that. I agree with everything you said. I just think that they're keeping him. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> everything that you laid out is is exactly my point of view as well. But I think I don't think they're going to cut him. I don't think they. I don't think they will. Um, I'm. Perfectly willing to be be proven wrong there. Um, I would like it. So um, am I. Like if he, he stays, not, I get it. Right, I get it. Why they yeah. keep him, but I just don't think he yeah. fits strategically. To, to go back to the whole rosters, you know, numbering one to ninety, he's not higher than seventy in terms of like usefulness or talent and how it applies to the Lions. But it doesn't mean they're going to get rid of him. Um, I I will. I will be happy to be proven wrong there um, yeah. if they cut him because yeah. uh, I, I, you know how we do in, in mock drafts, we do the what I would do versus the what we think is going to happen. Um, this is one of those where they're divergence. What I would do, I would cut him. He would be one of the first players I would cut. Mm-hmm. But what do I expect him to do? I think he's going to be out there on the first snap of the game in Kansas yeah. City in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, really quick, things are getting heated in the chat, guys. I, we, look, we, we're not a political thing. We've got Millard Fillmore was the best 13th president we've ever had. Let's just kind of woe it back, guys. Let's try to keep calm. We're going to talk football here. We're not doing politics, right? We we love Millard Fillmore or we hate him. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. Let's move on from Millard Fillmore <laughs> to a more. I have no opinion on Millard Fillmore. <laughs> I don't know that anybody really does. Uh, but really quick while you can, since we don't do politics other than Millard Fillmore. <laughs> Uh, like subscribe do all those things we ask once a show please hit the subscribe button hit the like button that helps other people find us as well and help us continue to grow and do the thing that we do and uh we bring you know michael gray we bring um tomorrow zach moran uh we got some russ brown and russ partnering up with scott bischoff again some great stuff we've got ash doing the daily we've got us we've got the post game show sam and chris ash doing the whole thing it's a lot of fun a lot of fun uh so uh join us and uh 
do the like, the subscribe, and do all that. We appreciate when you do that. It means a lot. All right, let's uh, get into anything else at running back. Is there anybody else? I Again, I kind of kept Jamar for the developmental and depth over Kabinda. You're a Kabinda guy. Um, do you, And you think probably well, Jamar is the guy that falls I, by the I, wayside, or do you think they keep an extra, like a fifth? I, I am very against the grain here. I don't think Jamar would be the fifth. I think Benny Snell would be the fifth. Mm. Because he... He has a thousand snaps of special teams experience. And I will go back to something that Dan Miller, I'm sorry, Dan Campbell told Dan Miller before the, the uh, Jaguars game. It, it, you can watch it. It's, um, it's on Fox 2's website. I assume it's still up there. But when he does, he does, he does Dan, Dan Miller interviewed Dan Campbell before every game. And one of the things that Dan said, and I will very closely paraphrase here, was uh, he was talking about cornerbacks, but he's like, if we're deciding for a fourth cornerback, like we're we're looking at special teams, I, I don't care if he's a better cornerback on defense. I care about special teams. Like that's what that role is for. That's what that last running back role is for as well. And Benny Snell's good on special teams. He's a he. The difference between what he offers your offense and what Divino Zigbo does or Jamar Jefferson or Jamar Jefferson does is negligible in terms of having running back depth. He's he Jamar's faster. He runs outside a little bit better. He can't pass protect me. He's just not that guy. I don't, and I don't know that the Lions see him that way. So I think if they keep one, it would be Benny Snell over Ozigbo and uh, and Jamar and uh, who's the other guy that they added? Uh, he's not even on this roster because this is from Jacksonville Week. <laughs> they picked somebody else up too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I can't think about that in my head. Is it on this one? What's oh, this a numeric one? That's trash. Sorry, now they're going to the is, Grover This is Cleveland. what we use at practice to figure out, like, when they're... Like, who's number four? I, I did that the other day. Who's number four? Oh, that's, that's Emmanuel Mosley. Hey, he's wearing his jersey. We've yeah. never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> or once and I were like, who's four? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is great. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right. Um, let's let's do you. Do, is there anybody else that keepers at the, the count? That's it. I, I think they keep four with Cabinda being the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of talk about Dave Fipp in the uh, in the chat. Yeah, he's he is it. it, it just just kind of throwing back to special teams really quick. They have been just a destructive force, both in uh getting the ball and moving it and stopping the other team uh on their returns and from moving it if it wasn't the for the kicker conversation i think we already have a statue of fip out front of ford field because they've been those the returns man just the returns alone have been insane like the yardage that we're getting on returns in this entire throughout the preseason against all three teams is it's something completely different than we saw last season. If that carries through into the regular season, if they can continue to operate like that, holy crap, brother, that 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 completely changes the situation for the offense. It's a whole different ball game on the off- offensive side of the ball. You know what's awesome is that every run back has started on the left side and it's been blocked the same and it goes to the right coming across the yes. field. Yes. Every return has been the same and it doesn't matter who's returning the ball. It's killing it. That's Dave Fipp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, quick question. Did Pedersen win the job officially? No, I think he lost it officially uh, last night. All right. Let's get into we, wide well, receiver. I, don't I think know we'll, get we'll, we'll get to kickers. We'll get to kickers. We'll get to kickers. Yeah, we will. Um, I'm in Ross St. Brown, obviously on the roster. Mm-hmm. Khalif Raymond. They didn't sign him for nothing. Yeah. He's there. Marvin Jones. He's an interesting. <sighs> he's, he's, he, as his back has healed, he's gotten progressively better. Again, I will reiterate the caution. This is not 2018, 2019 Marvin Jones. This is yes. 2023 post Jacksonville Marvin yeah. Jones. Still a good player, but it's not the same dude. And that's my, I, I love Marvin Jones. I say, go get your it's, nothing bunt cakes. <laughs> Buy those bunt yeah. cakes, baby. Go to town. They're the best in the biz. I this so this is me. I'm insane. Call me. Tell me I'm off my rocker. Is I'm he okay your surprise that. cut, Chris? Yeah, yeah. And wow. I love, I love him. I just don't think I, I I think he puts a cap on what we can do at wide receiver. I think you got the best you're going to get out of him in week one, and you'll never get more. If I think of this team and this team is a trajectory team, and how they work throughout the year, they grow their guys, and and I don't think they want to cap themselves at a position. So that's that's that. Love him to death. Again, it's not about the guy. It's uh, it's just about what I how the strategy, how I think this team strategizes around their position. So all That's about the trajectory. I, the, the, I, I like I like that perspective. Uh, I don't think that they're going to do that, but mm-hmm. it, I, I I appreciate your rationale. Like that's that's a well thought position. Um, Ooh, and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think, think I'm uh, right. I don't think. I, well, let me see. I, I don't think I'm right. I'd put money against that. Okay, but I think that's the right move, and I think there's a chance that they do think that way. So I, I mean, I'm yeah. kind of. I don't. I don't want to play both sides, right? If it was me sitting in the chair, that's probably the best way to do it. If I was sitting in the chair, I would do that. And I think there's a cadre of okay. people in the front office that think the same way I do. I just am not confident enough that enough of them are there to make that move. But it's, it is I like, think, you've got a cap. You don't want to put a hard cap on what you can do. I don't disagree with that. Um, but I think he's safely on. I think Josh Reynolds is safely on. There's your four. I think we got uh, Josh Reynolds isn't going anywhere. He's no, no, Josh. He might be the team's lead. He might be the second leading receiver for the first six weeks. Yeah. He might be longer than that too, for all we know. Well, the and then chemistry- obviously J-Mo makes it. And then goes away. The chemistry between Reynolds and uh, and Goff, you cannot discount that. It means it's a real. great deal. It's, it's real legit. as hell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, he and, and Reynolds is better with Goff, and Goff is better with Reynolds. Period. That makes the whole Detroit Lions offense yep. better. So I'm 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 absolutely confident he's there. Um, I will say I'm pretty high on Drummond. I think this guy, he's a guy that has that cap, that open ceiling, man. That's good. He could be so much more and bring so much more to this team. Uh in in a in a quick way. I'm 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 in on, on yeah. Drummond making the roster, man. All right. So, let me look here. This again, this is not a completely up-to-date roster. The guys we haven't mentioned yet, um Maurice Alexander, Trinity Benson, Jason Moore, Antoine Green. That's the one, that's what I want Drummond, to get to next is Green. Avery Davis and Chase Coda. So far, we've got yeah. Amin Ra. We've got Josh Reynolds. We've got Khalif yeah. that's made it. Uh, Marvin Jones, we're, we're, we're not, uh, we're probably 33% on. Uh, I'm not making it. Uh, Drummond, are you in on Drummond? Making, making the roster? I think so. Yeah. 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 I, All right. I think, oh, well, but 
this comes into where they're keeping, how many are they going to keep? Because if they're only keeping five, I don't think it's Drummond. If they're keeping six, I think he's got a spot. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So then- that's not counting James, that's not counting Jamison Williams who will be one of them that makes eventually. It. And, and he will bump one of these guys that we're talking out in, in after six weeks, I or think. an injury will happen and yep. they'll, they'll be thankful yep. that he's back and they somebody have will get receivers. Somebody will get bumped. <laughs> like potentially. They, they may keep five knowing JMO's coming back and keep an extra offensive lineman, defensive lineman, right? They may do something like that as right. well, right? Because six weeks, the injuries to ha- to go that deep, you know, we'll see, but all right. So Antoine green, let's You're talk about him. Somebody hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Always. always. Antoine Green, what do you think? You think he makes it? I think he solidified himself last night. And uh, the way that he pulled away from the, the defense after that catch, Dylan Drummond can't do that. Chase Cota can't do that. And what is this offense built on, Chris? Yak. Yeah. <laughs> Can I? So I'm going to go back. You're, you're 100% right. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to apply that because it came up, uh, Theo, in the uh, in the chat. I'm going to apply that to Marvin Jones because he throws back. You know, you talk about the Marvin Jones we had and Matthew Stafford. I'm going to make a comparison. People don't freak. But this is where we're there's there's some real similarities. I know, here. I know exactly where you're yeah. going. <laughs> Kenny Galladay, the separation problem. And and Brad Holmes knew that and said, that's not a Jared Goff receiver. And that's where I go back to Drummond. The wicked cut. His route running is frigging tight. He's he creates really, separ- really sharp. He creates <laughs> separation there where Marvin doesn't. And Theo, this, this, this is a great point. I mean, that separation gives him an opportunity to make the team where Mar- Marvin Jones doesn't. Again, I just, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So Antoine Green, you believe, makes the makes the cut. So now we have, I, I, I so Mo Alexander, I don't, Where do, what do you think about Maurice? It was crazy. We were just talking about how good the kick returns have been. He was actually the least effective of the kick returners. Now, he had a fantastic punt return touchdown against yep. the Giants. Yep, yep. But that's Khalif's job. Uh, and also, Sterling Thomas can return punts. j can return punts, for that matter. Yep. Like, I don't think that that's the feather in his gap. A lot of people think it is. So I'm not sure that he's going to make it. Uh, yep. He And he's a guy who can you can keep him on the practice squad. He can line up in the slot, which I do think is an asset because right now they don't really have a backup slot behind Amon Ra. And uh, so this week in practice, when uh, with with no Amon Ra there, and by the way, he could have he, he could have played last night if he needed to. Don't you think Khalif, judging on on how he looked, Khalif? But, don't you think Khalif could could fill in in slot? But he doesn't, and that's what I'm getting to. Josh Reynolds was their slot. Yeah. In practice, like, and Khalif was outside on him. Um, it's weird because Khalif is built like yeah. a and, and, guy. And he Josh has is the built move. like an outside guy. He has the move. But they switch right. it. Um, Reynolds was probably in the slot at least 75% of the time, um, directly filling in the, the Amon Ra role. I just thought and, of who uh, could play slot. Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs. Okay, I'm going to push back on that, and this is not going to be a popular conversation. It's okay. It's okay. okay. You will see him do it sometimes, but we just watched the Arizona Cardinals botch the hell out of Isaiah Simmons because they gave him too many things to do, and he couldn't master any of them. 
I don't want that to happen to Jameer Gibbs. Let's let him be a running back. Let's let him be a great running back and then maybe work on the receiving part later. I Please. will. I will. Okay. Fair. But Isaiah Simmons came out. Remember when he came out of college, nobody knew what the hell he was. And so he came to the NFL and nobody Correct. knew what the hell he was. And so they tried to do too much it's and figure it out. Not a draft right? position to have at the time to say that, oh, he's, you know, Miles Jack, by the way, another guy who had just retired um, yeah. was another guy who didn't really have a position. And the I, I will give the uh, the Jaguars a little bit of credit. They found one for him eventually, but it took some time. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's, uh, I I really want Jameer Gibbs to be a great running back. And if that involves running out of the backfield and running outside of the backfield, that's great. I don't want him practicing as a slot receiver because it takes away from what he does as a running back. Yeah. I know that's not a popular decision, but that's that's the way I feel about it. That's fair. That's fair. I think he's not just a running back. And again, I think in the slot as a backup, if Amon Ra gets injured, that's not a terrible thought process for for Gibbs. We'll see how that goes. Okay, one other person. I would, I I would just, rather have a white out there because, because the, okay, this goes back, though. If you do that, you've got to keep another running back because what if what if you're stressed and David Montgomery gets injured and all of a sudden Jameer is your slot guy and he's playing out there? Who's your running back? Who's your backup? Like, that's the ripple effect of that. And I don't want to go down that road. Interesting. Okay. Let's get to the next guy who's probably got the biggest chance. Um, but I think not uh, Trinity Benson. I think he's a, he's a, he's a casualty. I, think, I don't think he makes the, I agree. All right. Um, let's move on to tight ends. I think they keep three. Yeah. And I think they're obvious. Are we going to talk about, um, did we talk about Coda and oh God. how did I skip? Sorry. I am so sorry that I skipped Coda. I, I want to talk about him for some reason. I was watching all the, the chat and I, I, I made the mistake. I think we talked about Coda. Uh, so, Chase Coda, yeah, so, I think he's a practice squad guy. Go ahead. <laughs> I agree. I think he is too. And I think you saw last night, the difference between Drummond and him and Antoine green and him and Chase Coda is a good player, but he needs a little, they have used him as a pseudo tight end um, in the way that they used Devin Funches once upon, once upon a camp, um, the way that they've used, um, oh God, who was that guy? I can see him and I can't think it was any, Coda can, if he would gain 10 pounds and he can hold it, he's got the frame for it. I could absolutely see him being a guy who is your hybrid wide receiver tight end yeah. special teams ace type guy. You know who I was you thinking? can develop that on the practice squad. I, I was thinking of somebody. I know you don't like him, but we, you can say why oh. if you want. I don't care. And, and it, it, it's not a direct comparison, but I, I, it reminds me of him a little bit. Joe Fourier. You remember him? <laughs> uh, he could very well play that big guy in the end zone role to pick up the oh. high ball. Right. I mean, I mean, He's got to get some dance moves, but otherwise I could see him playing a very similar kind of a, a role. And like you said, he could come into a tight endy position, like a second tight end on the one yeah. side of the line. Right. It's like, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is the conversation that we've had in our, um, our work slack, the, the NFL wire editor slacks. And we brought up, and this will run um, later this week, but one of the things that we had to, to write was, who is the most likely player on your roster to be cut, to be claimed by another team? And I, we're, we're through like 26 of them. There's still a few strikers that have never written it yet. And I looked through the list not long before we came on the air. 
not one of them is a wide receiver. Not one. Which leads me to believe that you're not going to get a lot of I, I think most people are there, there's enough wide receiver depth and saturation around the league that you can get Coda and or Drummond through to the practice squad. Um, yeah. and I, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that, uh, that much. I, I do think Antoine green would get claimed because he's got, Indeed. he's the got a superior athletic profile to <laughs> yeah. both of those. Yeah. And he also, he, he can offer some things as a return man. He has played well on special teams the entire summer, even when the the offense wasn't necessarily flowing for him. So I th- I think he's making it, but if if by some weird chance he doesn't, I do think he is the only one of those guys who would get claimed by another team. Yeah, I could be foolishly wrong on that, but I think we always worry about this every year. I should look. I did the research on it last year too, and the year before. The year before, everybody freaked out about who's going to. Eleven players around the league got claimed. That got waved on the first day. Eleven. Like, <laughs> there's not going to be this rash of we're we're going to cut six guys and they're who get claimed by other. That is possible, but that, it's it's just not the way the league works. The the teams. And this is a conversation that we had um, with Matt Patricia. Believe it or not, Chris, you were there for this. Yep, yep. He talked about this about how. We want the guys that we've invested time in, and we assume that other teams are going to feel the same way, that we're going to value the guys that were here more than another team would value a guy who was here, that every team sort of sees things that way. And yep. I and the only, agree with the, Matt Patricia on that. The only, <laughs> really difference, the only difference, though, is people tend to value players from good teams highly as well. And That's I think true. the Lions we right now are problem. seen as a as a as a as a good team. So we will see. It's it's yeah. there's some uncharted territory and and we'll see how that goes. Uh of course Jameson we talked about is suspended. Um can we go to tight end now? Yeah. Are we ready to move on? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think because I think this one's quick to me. I think there's three of them. I think yeah. it's Brock Wright. I think it's uh, James Mitchell, and uh, maybe Sam Laporta holds on. <laughs> and I don't. Now the the rub could come in here if they do get rid of Kabinda. They could keep Daryl Daniels as a fourth, or Daniel Heim, or Coda. Um, I don't. <laughs> I like the cut of your chin. <laughs> I just, I just. This is this is also a position where if they did do that, this is one where I could see them shopping. Quite frankly, uh, because there's going to be some tight ends that have greater cachet around the league cut than the guys who the lines are going to cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, tight end. We move on. O line. <sighs> <laughs> Now, yeah, uh, look at all these mofos. <laughs> it's the biggest thing on the list by far. Yeah, and and this is one of those things when you see so many guys, and then you say, "Wow, we don't have any backups." Is it we have so many guys because we're just hoping somebody can come in and, and hit, or are we just seeing so many I of mean, the the lower tier guys? It's like, oh, is as is my am I getting a bias because of this gigantic list of of people that we have let's just go decker jackson ragnow vitai sewell and glasgow all gonna make it can we can we just say that and sorstall there's seven okay okay so we'll say sorstall as well yeah yeah no i agree i agree i was just talking about the like your starters and then the one assured backup and then we'd go from there but yeah Yeah. sorstall is and dude 
I'm going to tell you, Sorsdal is a guy. You you starting to see it, right? He if if it was in the the elephant walk at Senior Bowl, uh, when the guys would come up on the stage and we would be evaluating him, and I had my notes. You, uh, my my notes were fun. My notes are hilarious, right? Um, <laughs> Colby Sorsdal would have gotten country strong. That's what he would have been guy listed as, right? And we talked a little bit about um, Hutchinson's baby fat last year. And a lot of people took that. Oh, no, no, no. Even even my wife, there was a picture this last week. She was like, oh, yeah, he's 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 changed. Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I told oh, you. Right. Baby. Colby Colby <laughs> is going to go through a little bit of a similar body change this offseason. He'll he'll keep working. But the NFL nutrition uh, and strength and conditioning is second to nothing in in the in the in college. I don't care if it's Alabama, who everyone says is basically a pro program, and they basically are. They are nothing compared to what you get in the NFL. Period. Uh, Colby Sorsdal, Williams and Mary, right? Um, William and Mary, yep. not exactly a football powerhouse. That's a that's a brainiac school. Yeah, yeah. My guy, my guy is is going to really. You're gonna. I think the body transformation you'll see from him is going to be something special. I know Hank likes him. I know. I know. I know they like him in the in the offensive line room. I think you're 100 percent that, that Colby Sorsdal yeah. makes it, regardless of where he was too. drafted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, so so we, we're keeping seven there. And we pray to God that those are the only seven who ever have to play. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I'm going to make a case. I think Jermaine Effetti is very solidly on as the top backup tackle. Ooh. And he has he played well last night, other than the false start, which, by the way, I think he was right in arguing. I don't think he was guilty. I think he was coaxed. And Jermaine Effetti is another guy who has bounced around and has been rotten in a lot of places. Yep. He's gotten better every practice in Detroit. And I'm going to give Hank Fraley some credit for that. I'm also going to give him some credit for that, for, for figuring out where he fits. Because this is a guy who's played, he has started a game in the NFL at every position but center. He realized, I'm a right tackle. And he has embraced it. And they moved him over to the left side. And they switched Matt Nelson to the right side. And I think, I actually think if any handled that pretty well, but Nelson, weirdly enough, is better on the left side than the right side. And I don't understand that at all because he's been a right tackle for most of his career. But I think if any, I'm very confident in this. I think he passed Matt Nelson on the depth chart and Let did so in the coach's eyes as well. Do you think? They stretch to keeping nine on the line with the oh, with absolutely the, okay absolutely with the um, especially with what's going on with Jameson Williams being suspension. There's there's some flexibility with the, what they might do there. Um, I, I think they might keep ten. Ooh, wow. <laughs> okay, that's a lot, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because I think they need it, and I think they need to really look whoever we keep that isn't the starting five. They I want them to spend their whole life lives in frank's house i want him to sleep in his backyard in a tent yeah. wake up and get and, and he barks at him while he's eating his breakfast i i want them to live and breathe hank fraley's coaching and style because that's how you're going to get these guys up to speed we've seen it year after year after year riz you know we talked about how bad the offensive line backups were last year how we were terrified if someone went down immediately someone went down and they stood up <laughs> And guys that were not doing it in the preseason and weren't doing it in camp did. And so I I, look, they're great players. They're in the NFL. So there's a reason they're in the NFL. But there's a reason guys like Effetti 
didn't perform elsewhere, but they it becomes the Detroit and does. And it comes really down to Hank, how he teaches his, what he knows and how he schemes these guys. Um, these oh, guys, God, flew over my house. <laughs> it's, it's that trajectory <laughs> thing again. And, and, and if you ever think in trajectory, you put these guys that are on the edge with Hank Fraley and they will have the right trajectory. All right. So you're saying yeah. nine. We're now have Decker, Joe Jackson, Ragnar, Vitae, Sewell, Glasgow, Sorsdal. You're saying a Fetty. Let me ask you about Matt Nelson, which would be nine. I hope not. That's okay. Okay. All I can say is that okay. I hope he doesn't make it. Let me ask and again, about- nothing personal against Matt Nelson, but we have not seen him get one iota better this entire summer. He's still getting beat by the same moves, by the same dudes. He hasn't learned how to counter what James Houston or what Julian O'Quara or what Christian Covington is doing to him. They win with the same damn moves every day. They don't have to change it all, and they can keep beating him with it. To me, that tells me that all the juice is squeezed out of that lemon. And I would rather keep Obina Ezi. I would rather keep... um, Coyote Ashika. I would rather keep somebody that might have just a little bit more that you can squeeze out than continuing to bang your head with Matt Nelson. Yep. And I, I, I can anticipate the questions coming, but he's a great six lineman. Yeah. We don't know the Colby source all can't be that. Yep. So what about we got, so we're out on, on Nelson. We've got eight. You're talking about nine. Are you out on Nelson? Part, I'm, we're out on Nelson. I'm out are on you, Nelson. Are you out, out on yeah. Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, for much the same reason. But like I said, he had the benefit of Hank and he hasn't yeah. taken that step. And so I, I just I feel like much like Marvin Jones, we've seen the ceiling and we, we don't want to have yeah. that as the cap. Um, I want to go to uh, I'm going to just go crazy with it. Um, our man who is uh, very familiar to uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, Coyote Ayahuasca. <laughs> Coyote Ayahuasca. No, no, no. Coyote Ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> go in a dark room with him and you're going to come at out a different point, man. I will, at some point <laughs> in my life, I will do an illicit drug and it just might be a hallucinogenic. I've, I've thought about doing that trip. I actually posed it to Sandman once to see if he wanted to. Uh, anyway, what do you, what do you think? Oh, how do you report on it? I figured we oh, could write I'll it off. I, I figured I could write it off <laughs> in my taxes as reporting. I was doing, you know, research. Research. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll go back in time. When, I, when my mom dropped me off at Ohio University um, some 33 years ago, she left me with some very disturbing words. Whatever you do, do not do acid. <laughs> and then they drove away. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe at the time it was on. <laughs> sense, I listened to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually when people will say that is when they are tripping yeah. balls, man. <laughs> All right, Awasika. There's a lot of the psychedelica around my house when I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Awasika, do you keep him or do you do you uh, cut him? I would keep him uh, because I have seen the ability of him to play tackle or guard. And if you're stressed in a game, you might want that. Now, the, the this is going with the presumption that they're not keeping Brad Cecil, who 
has gotten worse the more he's played, unfortunately, yep. Yep. as the backup center. So that means that Glasgow and Ragnow are the only guys who have any center experience at all on the team. And, like, you're fine if you got two. And quite frankly, if you lose your top two centers, like, there's no plan for that. <laughs> <It just isn't. laughs> that happened to the Rams. Um, it might have been Goff's rookie year, or it might have been the year before. One of those years, they were playing like their fourth string center, like midway through the season. And one of one of the guys came back later, or they did a trade or something. But I, I do remember that. Like, like wow, what a revolving door, um, and what chaos that creates. Uh, you can't you can't have that level of insurance. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think of the remaining guys, Alshika is the best. He's better than Bobby Hart. He's better than Darren Paulo. Better than, uh, let me look at my list here. Um, Millette. Alex Millette. Ryan Swoboda. Uh, Swoboda belongs in the practice squad. Uh, he's he's yeah, tall and has something to work with there. Uh, who else is on this? Uh, what about Ga- Galvin? You know what's crazy? I have watched him in practice and I've watched him in games. I don't have an opinion of him. <laughs> like I just he's he's like wallpaper to me. Um wow. hasn't stood out in any any way. Um he's got nice hair. Good he wallpaper. He seems like a then. nice guy. Good wallpaper. Yeah. A good wallpaper doesn't stand like, out when you notice it. It's if, a problem. if they if they that's right, that's right. If they want to keep him on the on the practice squad, I'm good with that. Like if they see something, if Hank sees something, good. I I, I, I weirdly don't have an opinion on him. There you go. What about you? You um, watched him some. Yeah, I'm. 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 I think it's a solid uh, piece of clay for the practice squad. I think um, had a lot of starts. Has has some some experience. Um, I I don't know what that ceiling looks like. So look, I, if it was yeah. mine, I would make the decision. I don't have the time to make this as as. as educated as in this uh kind of pick as i as i would like for like for some of the other positions um so i will absolutely trust in the coaching staff i mean i'll trust the coaching staff anyway right they've they've proven me wrong here and there along the way uh but we're pretty locked up but uh <laughs> this one I, I will trust them on but i think he's a he's a good practice squad stash yeah. and max percher can stick around because he's an international player yeah uh, he's italian and uh they don't have to keep. They don't. He doesn't count as the practice squad roster either, which is great. It is. Yeah, I have to tell the, the chat. Sorry, I said the twenty seventh for the for cuts need to be, and it's the 29th. That was my bad. And uh, thank you for a pushback. Thank you for putting that uh, in the chat. You corrected. Um, I don't know why the twenty seventh was. St- oh, because I'm flying. Uh, okay, so there we go. That's uh, <laughs> numbers, numbers. Tomorrow, numbers. yeah, yeah. I got to pack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to talk football instead. Uh, all right, let's 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 move tomorrow, on. Let's tomorrow, about- I'll just put this in here as a quick. Tomorrow is the last day off that I will have until after the NFL draft. I'm spending yeah. the day with my daughter tomorrow at a basketball thing, and uh, will not have the laptop with me. And that will be the last time that I don't spend twelve hours working in a day for a long time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's 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 fun and it's a grind. It's 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 something. So I see a lot exactly. a lot of a lot of people, a lot of writers, a lot of podcasts, a lot of what you know in in the space, they burn out pretty quick because they don't recognize that it's more than just watching games on Sundays. Like there's a lot of work involved. I mean, what are we, we're in our ninth year now. Yeah. But uh it's it's fun. You gotta you gotta absolutely love it and commit. Yeah. So all right, let's go to I'm, IDL. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm into it. All right, in IDL. All right, uh, there's a whole lot of uh, um, <laughs> uh, 
recommendations about how to do the the darkness retreat and so on in the in the chat appreciate all the expertise thanks guys yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so we'll start um high off of acetaminophens i'm probably not the person to have a conversation with did, did you see isaiah get hit in the bugs last night yes <laughs> i felt bad for my guy <laughs> nothing will take a big guy down like a shot in the bugs man ouch so he's he, uh, he, he, uh, He's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Parts uh, of him might be a little sore where he doesn't want to be. You don't want to get hit in the man zone. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, good thing for bugs. He's he's okay. It's it's a it's it. The pain passes as long as nothing is ruptured, and it doesn't seem that's the case. So he's in good shape. Uh, Wear your cups, kids. Um, so. Isaiah Bugs, uh, I, I see him on the roster. I'm going to hit a couple just that I that I'm, and you tell me if I'm wrong because I'm going to go through the ones I think that are they're on. McNeil, Bugs, Anzarike. Uh, I think Broderick Martin, despite some difficulties, is also going to be on the roster. Can we can we agree there for those four? We have four. I'm okay. with you on those four. Yeah, I've got I've got one that may wobble a little bit, but I'm going to go with Benito Jones. Some in, some out. Where, where he do you stand? is a definite wobble point. And this is one of those, do they keep five in lieu of keeping a sixth receiver or a fourth running back or a tenth defensive back? And this is the decision that they have to make. Benito Jones belongs on the football team. He is one of the 53 best players on this roster. I think he's, I think he's had a better summer than Anzarike and Broderick Martin both. But... He doesn't have their upside. He's he is what he is. He's your he's a backup nose tackle on a team that are just drafted one in the third round. And That's he be tough to budget for. He doesn't play special teams. You 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 again. Not that you're you wind up with a guy that you know the cap on, right? Do you cap yourself at that position with that guy, or do you take somebody who may not quite be that, but has a higher ceiling that yeah. you could develop throughout the year? I think I think that's gonna that's a lot of the mentality of this coaching staff and how they approach things, which goes back to my Marvin Jones thing in the beginning, right? All right, so and the you guy, don't, you the don't guy think, you're talking about there, Corey Durden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at what he did last night. And it wasn't just a play where he took that dude for a ride uh, on the bull rush. He had another one where he, like, he didn't get touched going into the backfield. He almost took the handoff. He missed, but he was in the backfield, like, instantaneously. Yeah. And he he's a guy who has gotten better as practice has gone on. At the start of camp, he and Chris Smith, who's the other undrafted rookie, uh, he's from Notre Dame, um, uh, Durden is from North Carolina State. Smith was maybe a little like here, and Durden was here, and it's gone that way. Yeah. Durden continues to progress, and Smith is what Smith is, and I'm not sure that he'll make the, the practice squad even um, with what we've seen lately, but Durden – there's something there to work with. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't just last night where he flashed that. He has, he has been doing better all the time in practices. I sincerely hope he sticks around. But, okay, so would I'll, I'll phrase it to you. Do you think they would keep Durden over Jones if they went to a fifth defensive tackle? I Boy, I think they keep Durden over Jones. Put that up there for the chat, too. Yeah, what, okay. what do y'all think of the chat? Y'all are smart. <laughs> um uh well everyone they're real smart they're saying bugs shouldn't have been out there uh and i get it i get it there's i, I don't know that houston should have been out there that long either to be honest with you um, they just don't have anybody else that can play that yeah, position now yeah. bugs they did 
Like you could have played Chris Smith more. You could have played Christian Covington more. Yeah. Uh, you could play Broderick Martin more, but you didn't. At, at edge, they they literally don't have anybody else at the bottom. The bottom of the roster is Julian O'Quarr and James Houston. Like, yeah, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's why they're out there. <laughs> so, yeah, um, let's 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 move on to edge. Do you, are you okay? We yeah. can uh, we can get bop in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go to edge. I'm going to hit a couple guys that I think are just are going to make it. Okay, and you can you can disagree, but I'm going to try to I'm trying to make them as easy as possible. Hutchinson, I think he's earned his way onto the team despite zero tackles in the preseason. Um, Charles Harris, uh, Kaminsky, Pascal, uh, Romeo, I think makes it. I think Houston makes it as the yes. sixth. Julian, oh. uh, look, Julian, be, look, he has. Uh, he, they talk about him as having trade value, which means they believe he has value, right? It's not just trying to get rid of him and making make something out of him. If they keep a seventh edge, they keep Julian, I think. I just don't know that they keep seven. And I think he becomes the casualty. And uh, that's just where I land on edge. I, where, where, where's your head? I agree. I, I'm with you completely on that. I would actually put Houston ahead of Romeo. Uh, because I think Romeo is going to be a guy that they keep, but as a game day inactive. And I think James Houston will be active if he's, if and when he's on. Here, what's, what's funny is Romeo's really played well in the preseason. He has. And Houston, yes, has. Houston, Houston has two. Houston's played a lot. Like, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's really, it's funny like how 52 that, snaps last night. Yeah. Like <laughs> Maybe keeping him warm. Like, it's like the hot hand kind of thing with uh, with Houston, right? I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. He's a guy is. that needs the reps because, again, this is a guy who he was an off-ball linebacker at an at a FCS-level school two years ago or three years ago uh, when he left Florida. And his own coach, Deion Sanders, told him, you're not a good enough linebacker to play. You can't play in the SEC, let alone the NFL. You better you – know, when you come to Jackson State, you're playing, playing as a pass rusher. That's where your bread's buttered. He's still learning that. He's got ridiculous upside at that, and I think that I think that will get him. I think I, I would actually have, have him number five and Romeo number six, and I do agree. I don't think Julian Okora makes the team, and I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to get traded. Now it's going to be conditional seventh. Yep. Giants again. The when the Giants were in town, their media was asking a lot about him. Yeah, like yeah. like. That seed had clearly been planted before they arrived, and like the New York New York media is pretty good on those things. But they also have a coach at Brian Dable who's known to float little balloons out there in the way that John Dorsey likes to do for the Lions. Although John has been unusually quiet and inconspicuous, he's there. You yep. see him at practice all the time wearing his white sweatshirt, but. He's not even talking to the guys who he normally talks to on the down low, and I'm, I'm not one of them. But I, I asked somebody that I know that knows him well, and it's like, yeah, he's 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 keeping it close to the vest. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. 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 All right, let's go to linebacker, and then we'll right. then we'll get to the 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 uh, the juice part. Um, Alex yeah. Anzalone, Jack Campbell, Rodrigo. Uh, Reeves may I believe, and Barnes are guys that make the team if there's a casualty in there and they're just not going to keep four. I just, I, I just don't see them keeping only four linebackers. If they go to six, you've got Pittman. I don't think Nowoski makes it. I think he's, he's going to be a casualty no matter what. I agree. 
I agree with you, everything you just said. So I think we're, we're good there. And I, I do think they're keeping five. And I think Jalen Reeves may even showed enough on defense the last couple of practices and games where uh, he has earned that spot. And he, he was not there, by the way, three weeks ago. Uh, he would have been a pretty easy cut. But he, he's another guy who has steadily progressed and found the role in his defense in the defense where he fits best. And the Lions are using him there. So I think he's safely in, too. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, cornerback. Um, I do want to just say when we go through this, there were people that told you that Jerry Jacobs was a backup. Maybe, may not even make the team. Remember that. Okay, we and that that was this spring. <laughs> uh, cornerback Cam Sutton. I feel like he I makes still the team. get that from time to time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people, people, people don't pay attention. Uh, Cam Sutton. People yeah, make their make mind it. up and then they never change it. Chris, I hate that. I yeah, hate that. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. New information you should be able to change and you should just be wrong when you're wrong. That's okay. It's okay. That's the part. That the, yeah, you were wrong. It's it's really like, yeah, yeah, I was wrong. It's, really not it's that okay. Hard. I know you're perfect. You're I know you're, you've never been wrong. Anyway, uh, Cam Sutton feel like he makes a team. Jerry Jacobs, as I said, makes the team potentially starts. Uh, Brian, <laughs> Might not even make it. Brian Branch, I think, makes a team. Uh, Starling Thomas, I think, makes the roster. I think he's edgy on that. He's he, he's special teams. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome on special teams. Just take it. Gilmore. He's your gunner. Gilmore makes it. I think. Um, and we could talk about that. I probably, I probably went to the edge early, but that's okay. Uh, Chase Lucas is going to make it, and then I'm. This is. Don't don't freak out, folks. Don't freak out. Let me just let me just. OK, Will Harris makes it OK. He's going to make it. But yeah. look, who's is is Colby Richardson better than Will Harris or is Khalil Dorsey? Khalil Dorsey? Yeah. <laughs> Who else plays corner on this team? Uh, Mosley is PUP, man. right? He You got nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Oh, okay. So safety, yeah. Uh, yeah, Savion Smith's gone. If he's not a cornerback, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the the flex point here is is that CJGJ Brian Branch, Will Harris to some extent, are all capable of playing anywhere. Yep. They can be your slot safety. They can play outside corner. Although CJGJ will tell you that he never wants to play out there, yeah. uh, and did so <laughs> very funnily to a uh, member of the Lions media was really taken aback that he took offense <laughs> to that. Wasn't <laughs> me. Um, and Will Harris, I think I've stated my position on Will Harris enough to just I'll, I'll state it as plainly as I can. I don't ever want him on the field, but I love him as your fifth cornerback, fifth safety special teams player, because again, he can fill in, in any role, in a pinch. And Chris, to your point, the other guys that you're talking about, they're not better than him. Um, that's that's probably says more about their NFL future than it does about Will, Will Harris. And there is the one thing is you have crossover, like we say in this cornerback and safety position. So there's, you could like branch, if you want, you could list him as a safety instead of a cornerback as we're doing this. Right. It's just kind of where we put him. So just, just go with it yeah. in that one. But Will Harris did not play yeah. well. 
I, I will say, and he got, he oh, got, no. he, he got his hole smoked <laughs> last night. Okay. I, I, nobody's, no one's saying that Will Harris is, is, is the guy or the solution in the secondary for this team. One of the difficulties though, is cornerback is one of the most, if not the most athletic position on the field and finding guys that can do that at even a Will Harris level, just for folks out there is really difficult. Really difficult. Um, there's he is what he is in the NFL. I don't know if there's more ceiling to him. We've seen him do some really good stuff. We saw we, we saw him hurt Jerry too. It hurt my heart. But <laughs> we it, it is it is what it is, and he's what we've got, and that's why he makes the roster. I think that's that's kind of the the story on this one. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to say this though. I think he makes it. And I don't think that one of Gilmore or Lucas do because specifically they're keeping Will Harris. I don't think they're keeping that many. Mm, and that's interesting. Gonna be, interesting. That's 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 the fudge point where people are really going to hate Will Harris yeah, because he's yeah. he will take the job from one of them. I so. Th- I th- I think and, they keep, and, uh, they keep I, seven to be honest with you because of the just how many injuries happen at that position. If you think like even last year, how in the year before, how deep we had a scrape down the roster to put guys just to field a team. I just I think they're going to keep yeah. keep those seven guys. All right. So so let's 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 do this. Well, let's combine defensive backs because a lot of these okay. guys can play multiple positions. So okay. you got CJ Gardner Johnson, um, Cam Sutton, uh, Tracy Walker. I'm doing this by n- number order of their jersey. I'm going through the ones I'm sure. Kirby Joseph. Yep. Brian Branch. Yep. Jerry Jacobs is six. Starling Thomas, I think, is safely on, so he's seven. So then there's two or three spots left, depending on, again, if you keep a fifth linebacker or a sixth linebacker. If you keep nine offensive linemen versus eight, like that's, that's the fudge point there. They're certainly keeping eight. I think the eighth in that case is Will Harris. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> so we, we're, we're doing my choice, but let me ask you this: Do we keep uh, Ifiatu Melifanu? Do we keep him? I think I think the last injury was it was, and and we let's just say that everybody who was at practice on Thursday who was involved in a conversation with a Lions team staff member will not have him on the final roster. I'm one of them. Yep. Yep. So with him out, Tracy Walker, we, I don't, I didn't hear you mention him. He's, he's on. He's in. Yeah. Uh, he said Kirby he said CJGG. I'm kind of looking at my safety yeah. list here. Uh, I think if he's out, what about um, the only other one that maybe kind of has a shot? I think Brady Breeze. I think he's a practice squad guy. But I, um, I don't, I, I don't His know that he makes a roster. Let me, let me look it up here. He but is, I still think we get we, he, Gilmore makes a roster. I'm just going to say, I still think Gilmore makes a roster. I, I hope he does because he plays cornerback better than Starling Thomas does. Yes. Um, again, I'll refer to the earlier thing that Dan Campbell said to Dan Miller. You're, they're looking to special teams for this specific roster spot, not cornerback play. Mm-hmm. But the way that, that Stephen Gilmore has played cornerback makes it pretty damn impossible to ignore how good he can be. Uh, he's a better He's There's no doubt in my mind. He's a better cornerback than Starling Thomas. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's more that goes on beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I really hope that he sticks. I, I do think he sticks. I think he is the ninth, and I think that's the last one. And then I think you're getting rid of Brady Breeze. Um, Chase Lucas is a tough one because he wasn't good last year as a rookie. He mm-hmm. was injured. He's old for a guy. How old is he? He's already 26. Um, he's he's the second oldest guy, third oldest guy in the secondary. <laughs> he's going into his second year, and they have moved him not exclusively, but he's played much more outside than he has in the slot. I don't know what you do with that. Um, he's He played a fantastic night last night, and he's made plays periodically in camp. I don't want to say consistently, I'll say periodically. Um, much in the way that Corey Durden has made them periodically but not consistently. Broderick Martin's the same way. Yeah. Um, on offense, uh, Chase Cota is that way. Periodically, not consistently. I don't know if that's going to be enough to get him on the roster, but I kind of think it is. But I think if Chase Lucas does make it, I think he's 52-53 and in real peril if they decide to go out and get somebody else. Agree. Agree. My take on it. All right. The run at the now we got kicker. We got, we got kickers. Yeah. Okay. So let's just let's talk about it. Jack Fox. Lock. He's good. Lock. lock Unfox, lock the cock on Fox. Uh, Scott Daly. I, I think yes. he's a long stand for you done. Um, for a long time. Here's, here, here's where you and I are going to have a, a little bit of a, a mental wrestling match. Um, okay. I don't think Riley Patterson's here. I just don't think he's it. And I think they know that. And I think last night put the, the last nail in his um, career with the Detroit Lions. Me, I, I, I just, it's unfortunate, but I think that's, that's it. Um, I don't, I like the idea of Parker Romo because he's got a big foot, but he missed a lot too, man. He missed a lot in, in practice and training camp. It, it's, it's, it's weird because the two of them would make a hell of a kicker. I feel like if you could combine them, uh, <laughs> with their feet together <laughs> yeah. uh, and leg muscles. Um, I, I just feel like the kicker comes from outside. I, I, I do. Gould is the obvious name. We talked about him earlier. I just, All right, so, I think so, it comes from the outside. So just to, to, to get this into the right, you would do what they did last year and cut them both and go with your initial 53 of not having any kickers on it. I might. You think that's what they're going to do? I might. And then, and then, and <laughs> yeah. they, did, they did that last year. They also cut both their quarterbacks last year behind Cherkov. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. But because seriously, I mean, no one's stealing them, right? For number one. And that gives you a chance, like a guy that you want to hold on to. And that before you put Jameson on IR, that gives you the chance to ensure you keep that. Right. I just, and I think, I just think they're signing for someone externally. I just, I, the, neither one of these guys has, has moved the needle. I don't think. And again, I'm using Gould as a name. If Gould is the guy, he didn't need a preseason. You didn't need to bring him in to play the preseason oh, God, games no, and run He's... practices and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. You just sign him and play and go. And so I think it's it's the one position where you can do that the most, you know, the most with the least amount of risk. So I just think the kicker is somebody to be named later. Interesting. 
I actually agree with that. <laughs> I don't think that the kicker who will be out there in Kansas City is on the roster right now. I don't know who it's going to be, but I, I, I think I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't think they're where they want to be on that. Yep. Which yep, is, yep, yep. you know, I, and I hate that because I, I was, I was optimistic for John Parker, but dude is just, there's no rhyme or reason to how he kicks the ball or where it's going. I know. And they, his best asset would be the fact that he's a touchback machine. But as Dave Phipp told me personally, when I asked it to him in his press conference, they're, they're okay with Jack Fox being able to kick off. I'm, I'm, I, that sort of ended my line of questioning there. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, yep. I'm good. All right. That, that answered my question. Uh, that, that's when I knew that uh, it was not going to be John Parker Romo. Now, will it be, um, will it be uh, Patterson? I think the, the pick they gave up for him was absolutely negligible. So I'm yeah, gonna, I, don't I don't think that would keep them from cutting him. And I don't, yeah, I don't think these guys get married to bad players. And he then, also had a miss from, oh, I got the notebook right here. Um, he, they, they did kicks on Wednesday. Where's it? There it is. He was wide left from 41. He crossed bar. Romo. So they they did a series of five kicks. Um, uh, They did. um, They started at 36. They did 36, 38, 41, 45, and 50. Uh, Patterson made the 50 yard of the day. Actually made it pretty comfortably too, uh, but missed from 41. Um, Romo missed the short one and made all the other ones. Yeah, yeah, that's the and, and, I, and I have in my notes here would have been good from seventy, <laughs> like because it went. So we were standing that day um, because practice is closed and the stands are all gone. It was really quiet in Alabart this week, which is weird. We are able to stand behind the goalposts, like where the turf ends and like the the regular part of the grass begins. And uh, I'm standing there with uh, with Brody from from Woodward Sports, and Justin Rogers was there, and a couple of the guys were there. And the ball went like over our heads when we're ten yards back from the goalpost, at least. Yeah. Like it went like, damn. But he missed the short one, and it wasn't close. So I don't know what you do with that. I really don't. I don't. A lot of people talk about Dan's interview about Riley last night. Yeah, I, I heard it. I, I just don't. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. All right. We'll see. So that is the oh, no, 53, we'll the, the getting to 53 choices, kind of what we're thinking. Some of what we would do, some of what the team would do, but a pretty broad conversation about what the roster might look like uh, going forward for the Detroit Lions. Cutdown day is the 29th this Tuesday. And uh, that th- I would expect, like, look, if you see guys going early, it's one of it's it's usually guys that they respect and want to give a shot to go find a spot somewhere else to land somewhere else. So um, don't think that, you know, they're they're being rude or, or so out on somebody that they cut them on Saturday. Right. And it's not it's not quite that. So um, no, we'll that's what they do. That's why they got rid of Logan Senberg when they did. Yeah. He, he knew they knew and he knew he wasn't going to make the team. So he greased the skids for his release. Yep. 
Now he's in Chicago. God bless him. Yeah, good for him. Bless his heart. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next topic here really quick. The season for St. Jude. We can't we can't forget about the season for St. Jude. Um this whole season we're raising money uh for St. Jude. Um one of the best organizations uh helping families and kids in need. Um helping them not have to pay a dime when they have kids who are sick, cancer, uh, facing some of the toughest times of their lives. Uh, again, we talk about the, the, the interview we did with Mandy happens to be a member of my family, lost a child to cancer. I, I was just going to ask you, I, I couldn't remember her name, but like tears, man. Yeah. Like, yeah it's heart, heart wrenching. Uh, you go through that and, uh, or, you know, people that go through that and you, you get a real appreciation for what yeah. strength is. Uh, what it means to be a parent and, and how hard life can be and how, how little sometimes things like kicking battles matter uh, in the scheme of things. So um, uh, we, we put this for at the forefront of what we've done for, for years now. Uh, this is, the, I don't even know, like the seventh or whatever um, season for St. Jude. We're calling it this year. We'll be at it all year. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Get your name and lights down below. You'll, your name will pop up on the broadcast live while we're doing it as well as anything you can contribute. We appreciate uh, a dollar. Mean makes a difference. It means something. So St. Jude.org slash DLP St. Jude.org slash DLP. Help us out on that. We appreciate that. And uh, helping us the folks uh, in need at a time when they need it the most. So Riz, a Saturday show feels good. Um, with that, we're going to call it. We're going to call it a day. I'm going to pack. I'm going to get some stuff done, and then I'm going to fly out of there. Uh, remember, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get yourself uh, some of the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Uh, you get access to our Slack chat if you give $5 a month or more in your local currency. Uh, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. It's a great time. All kinds of great channels and conversation going on, and uh, it's a great place to hang out with uh, much better level of intelligence and uh, camaraderie amongst Lions fans than you'll find just about anywhere else. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. It's pants-free. We got the tickety-tockety going on. DET Lions Pod. Check that out. Uh, DET Lions Pod. Um, give us a call on Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 248-782-8384. It's 248-RUB- Rub you fog. That's right. Rub you fog. And uh, that'll be the line to call in uh, in the post game shows throughout the year. You guys are going to love it. We're going to have a good shows this year. Get some good stuff going on. Uh, also, come to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why, Riz? Why would somebody do that? So I get to come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you guys and gals next week. No, remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we are your Detroit Lions. Oh, wait, I forgot to say, I haven't thinking this up all day, and I've been waiting to say it right now. We're going to see you next week with post-cut clarity. There you go. Uh, remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Check out uh, some great stuff from Zach, who's also from Lions Wire, coming tomorrow. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is 
over. You've had enough of that shit.